I'm glad you're here tonight. I was a little concerned when Brother Wilkerson announced who was preaching tonight that no one would come, but uh, thank you for being here. I thought it was going to be just me and my mom and I'd have to sign for her, but uh, glad everybody else came also. I remember Brother Wilkerson saying many years ago that uh, he felt like a turtle on a, on a, on a, uh, on a post, and uh, that's kind of how I feel. I, I uh, certainly did not put myself here. Someone else did, and, uh, but I am grateful for the opportunity to speak to you tonight, and I do thank you for coming this evening. I want to give you just a brief uh, update on the, on the buses and the bus ministry. During COVID, we stopped uh, running our buses for about 13 weeks, and of course, that did have its, uh, its effect, especially in Chicago. Chicago is a little more uh, restricted. They kept some of the restrictions for quite a while after um, a lot of us, especially here in Indiana, had, had lifted a lot of things. They, they kept a lot of those things in place. But it also made the, the people seemingly uh, very hesitant to, to leave their homes, to send their kids on the bus. And, and, uh, but I really feel like we've had a, this, this is our fall program, we're in our, we're in our, our fifth week of our program, and, and we're beginning, especially this program, to really turn the corner on that. And uh, this, this year so far, uh, just in the last five weeks, we've averaged a, a couple of hundred more riders over the same period of time a year ago. And, uh, and that has been a, a real blessing, and we've had lots of visitors come. We've had lots of adults come. And, and I just want to say thank you to, to all the division leaders, these guys who wear uh, multiple hats. A lot of these guys have staff jobs during the week, and then they volunteer their time on the weekend. Uh, men like Josh, Josh Campbell and Brian North, Joe Palmer also serves as a division leader. Uh, Ricky Torres, David Merlos, uh, Johnny Francis, Tim Warren, Angel Gonzalez, all these men uh, serve as division leaders, and I want to thank them for their hard work and their labor, and all of our bus captains. Thank you guys for serving as a bus captain in our ministry, and all the bus workers who go out every Saturday and Sunday, and our bus drivers. Thank you, bus drivers, and all of our, ministry, and all of our bus ministries here at our church, both in our A-bus ministry and our B-Bus ministry, and also in our Spanish. Uh, thank, I just want to say thank you to all those who participate and, and are involved with our ministry. Tonight, I, wanna, I want to preach a message about enduring. And I love how God puts stories in the Bible of people who have endured unbelievable challenges to be an example to us that we can do the same. Paul is writing from a prison cell to young Timothy, and he encourages him in the scripture we read a little while ago to endure hardness as a good soldier, because hardness and difficult times will come to every Christian. There's not a person in this room who either has not experienced difficulty and challenges in your life, perhaps in the past, maybe there's some things you're going through right now that are challenging and difficult. Or there's things in the future that you will face in your life that will be hard, that will be difficult, that may even be, cause you to, to wonder and, and to be tempted to, to quit on God like, unfortunately, so many have. But God encourages us through the scripture that we ought to endure hardness. We ought to 
stay faithful to the Lord till the very end. The Apostle Paul knew all about hard times. And God knew that Christians in 2022 would face difficult times. We would face difficulties in our lives. God's will, God's goal for our life is that we would finish strong. Not about you, but I want to finish strong. I want to finish having, having fought that good fight, having finished my course, having kept the faith. I'd like you to turn to your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we're going to read just a few verses here, but before we get to that, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you that we come and assemble here three times a week to hear the preaching of your word. And I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that what I say tonight with your help would be an encouragement, would be perhaps a, an, an inspiration to some to keep on going and not quit in times of, of difficulty but to finish strong. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10, if you'll look with me, the Bible says here, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, this is Paul speaking, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And look at verse 14, the encouragement that Paul gives us, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You know, every life is a journey and a story to be told. The psalmist said that we spend our years as a tale that is told. But no one goes through life unscathed. Nobody goes through life without facing difficult challenges and, and, and hard times, difficulties or storms. pastor has been talking about the storms of life, and, and certainly everybody in this room understands, most of us do understand what a storm is and how life can be challenging, how life can be difficult. I think about Joseph. Joseph had many challenges. He was hated by his brothers. He was the, the favorite, the favorite son, the favorite child of his brothers. And, and because of that, his brothers hated him. How many of you are the favorite in your family? Would you raise your hand? Of course you are. And, uh, and I am too. I'm with you. I'm the favorite in my family. And you can ask my mom, ask my, ask my sisters. They'll agree. But Joseph was hated by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. And then probably one of the most difficult things of his life is that he was, he was uh, accused of something he did not do and spent years in prison. Wrongly accused. Didn't, didn't do anything wrong, but yet... He was sentenced to, to, go to, to go to prison, and that was his storm. That was the challenge in his life that he would, he would face. But there's some things that Joseph did during this time that I think ought to be an encouragement to all of us. As I think about Joseph, I think about his story, and I think about how that he was unjustly uh, uh, condemned to this, to this place in prison, 
And as far as he knew, it would be forever. But one of the things that Joseph did is he did not put his, his, his life on pause. And I think sometimes the temptation when we go through difficulties is that we kind of put our life on pause. We're not as involved as we, ought, as we used to be. We don't go soul winning as much as we used to because we're going through a trial. We're going through a difficulty and we kind of let things go by. We let time go by and, and we kind of put things on pause because we're going through this difficult time. But that's not what Joseph did. We find Joseph very busy in the, in the jail, very busy in prison. And because of that, he was, he was promoted to, to be in charge and to have responsibility. Even though he was going through a difficult time, he was willing to take on responsibility. I don't know what all the needs are in our church. I don't know if there's needs for, for bus captains and our A bus ministry. I would imagine there are. I know there's, needs, there's, need, there's a need for bus drivers. I don't know if there's needs for Sunday school teachers. But, but one thing we don't want to do when we go through difficult times is not have a willingness to take on responsibility. And if you're asked to teach a Sunday school class or you're asked to participate and be involved in a, in a ministry or work in a, in, a, in a Sunday school department or maybe drive a bus or maybe get involved in, in that way, don't, don't uh, ignore that because you're going through a trial, because you're going through a difficult time. I see Joseph taking on responsibility, just kind of understanding this is my lot in life. I'm in prison. But I'm going to continue to do what I can to serve the Lord. I also see that Joseph had a willingness to help others even though he was going through a difficult time. And even when we go through our trials and we go through our storms and we go through our challenges, we ought to be willing to help other people. I think one of the things that, that, that really can help a person who's going through a difficult time in their life is, is to reach out to somebody else who has it a little bit worse. Because no matter what station of life you're in, no matter how difficult your challenge is, I promise you there is somebody out there who has it worse than we do. And when we're willing to step out of our comfort zone and we're willing to go out of our way to help somebody else, boy, it just seems like that our trials and our troubles just don't seem to be that bad. They don't seem to be that heavy. They don't seem to be that complicated when, we, when we're willing to step out of our, ourselves and go out and help someone else. Not to minimize difficult times, not to minimize challenges that each of us face in our life, but when we're willing to help somebody else, it makes a difference in our spirit. And it makes going through challenges and difficulties a little easier to face when we know that we've helped somebody else during their difficult time. Not only did Joseph have difficult time and his response to that, but, but also the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul endured painful beatings, imprisoned in deplorable conditions. He Three times, the Bible says, he was involved in a shipwreck always living in danger of attack by evil people, tired, hungry, and cold, and, and just, just very difficult. It's almost embarrassing sometimes when we think about the Apostle Paul and all that he endured in his life, all the afflictions, all the persecutions that he, he endured in his life, and then we kind of compare that to what we go through. And it just doesn't seem to compare sometimes. The word endure means to last, to continue, 
to suffer without giving in. It means don't yield. It means don't break. It means don't quit. Can I say tonight to the, to the church that are, is assembled here this evening, don't quit. Don't quit. Teenagers, don't quit. Don't quit. Bus riders, don't quit. College students, don't quit. Single adults, don't quit. Young couples, don't quit. Middle-aged folks, don't quit. Empty nesters, don't quit. Finish strong. Finish till, till the end. Do the will of God to your, for your life. But the question is, how can we endure? Because life does get difficult. And there are challenges. And how can I endure? How can I stay strong? How can I keep going? And I want to share with you in just a few minutes tonight just some thoughts that I believe will help us endure unto the end. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's my goal. I want to finish strong. I want to finish. I want to finish my race having kept the faith. In a day when so many quit, in a day when so many get distracted, in a day when so many kind of fall off the path, fall off their journey, I don't know about you this evening, but I want to finish my race. I want to finish strong. But how can we do that? And I think, I think if we look at the scripture here tonight, we can be helped. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, when we'll leave our Bibles open there and look at a few verses, I think here will help us endure to the end. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just, just four things tonight that I'll, that I'll mention. I've been, I've, asked, I've been asked by several people not to preach long, and uh, someone said it really doesn't matter what you preach, people will love you as long as you quit early. They'll, they'll love it. No matter what you say, they'll love it as long as you quit early. So we'll be done here in just a few minutes. I tell you, it's amazing. Some of the people that even asked that, I thought, you know, I thought you were a better Christian than that. Well, I was really kind of discouraged by, I don't know if Frank Recklich is here tonight, but. Uh, and Eddie Rios better be here this evening. I don't know if Eddie's over there somewhere, but. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I just want to share with you just four things that we can, we can think about and consider as we, as we think about how we can endure until the end. The first thing I want to say is this, we need to understand or know that all trials have a purpose. All trials have a purpose. Look at verse number 11 of chapter number 4. Paul said this, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And Paul recognizes the fact that his life was for a purpose. His trials was for a purpose. The persecutions, the afflictions, and everything he went through in his life, it was all for a purpose, and that purpose was for Jesus' sake. And everything that you go through in life, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how challenging it is, we need to understand that our, our trials have a purpose. Trials come so that Jesus can be made obvious and clear in our life. And how we handle the tough times either magnifies the Lord in our life or it diminishes him. I was a freshman in college. I was sitting in the other auditorium. I was young when I came to school. I was only 17 when I came. And the 
the, the whole schedule of college and bus ministry was a little overwhelming to me at first. And I remember we were sitting in the auditorium and we had had some teenagers that are sitting near me that we had brought from our bus route that night. Brother Hiles was preaching and, uh, and I was doing my best. I, I was trying my best to stay awake. Like some of you are trying your best right now to stay awake. And, and I'll be honest, I was losing that battle. Like some of you are losing the battle. And I remember sitting there and, and obviously I had, I had dozed off for, for a moment. And, and somebody hit my arm and they had, they had passed me a, a, a little note. It was on a 3 by 5 card. It had come that from, from someone who was sitting at the end of the aisle and happened to be my division leader who was on staff at the college, and he had, he had noticed me, and he had written a note on a 3x5 card. He passed it down, and I opened the note, and it said, someone's watching. And I remember folding that card, and I put it in my pocket, and, and, I, and I didn't fall asleep the rest of the service. But more importantly, I learned a very important lesson. Because somebody's always watching. And it was, it was such a profound time when, when I just realized, you know what, there are people watching. We had brought some teenagers to the, to the service that night. Teenagers that we told them that you're going to hear Brother Howes preach and you're going to hear the man of God preach and, and you need to listen and you need to pay attention because God's going to work in your life. And, and I was being a horrible example to them. You know, I can honestly say this. Since that night, I have never fallen asleep in, our, in a church service. Now, I fell asleep through all my classes, but I didn't fall asleep in church. But the idea that somebody is watching is such an important truth that we all need to understand. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. And how you handle trials, somebody's watching. I'm so inspired by many in this room who have endured such, such difficult challenges in their life. I think of Brother Randy Rogers. Brother Randy and I were roommates in college for a little time, and he was just as ornery back then as he is right now. But I remember Brother Randy before, before he had the accident. And Brother Randy was a happy, just a happy guy, always. And I don't know if he always thinks about this. And boy, his, his life is just, just, just hard. It's just, just complicated. It's just challenging. But I don't know about you, but it inspires me. He inspires me. Every time I look over and I see him and his wife, Tina, sitting there in church and Think about how hard and difficult it was for him to get dressed, to get in a vehicle, to come here to church, and, and, and how inspiring. Brother Randy, you inspire a lot of people in this auditorium. And there's many, many folks in this room, those who are widows and widowers and of our church, and, and those who have lost loved ones in recent days and months and years. You are such an inspiration to so many people because somebody is watching. Somebody's watching how you respond and how you act toward the trials in your life. Just a, about three weeks after I had the accident, a bus accident up in Chicago, I, I, uh, I, was, I felt good enough, felt well enough. Our seniors had just gone on their senior trip to Denver, 
and I wanted to, to meet up with them. I had planned the whole trip, but didn't get to go with them. But I flew out there just for a day or two to be with them on the weekend when they were at Brother Roger Alley's uh, church in Denver. And I remember we were sitting in a Chick-fil-A for lunch after church, and the church people had, had, uh, had, had got together and actually paid for all of the young people to eat lunch there. And Brother, Brother Roger Alley sat next to me, and we talked for a while. And I remember him, him asking me a question that I really didn't think about. He said, Brother John, he said, he said, you went through a trial. He said, you went through a little bit of a, of a tough time there. He said, he said what, has gone, what has God shown you? I hadn't really thought about it. But he, but, he, but he told me this. He said, you know, God brings trials in our life to teach us something. And, you know, when you go through trials, you go through difficulties, you go through hard times, it's, it's not a time to shake your fist at God. It's a, it's a time to say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? Because I want to learn. I want to grow through this trial and through this difficulty in my life. I said, number one, we need to know that all trials have a purpose. And the second thing I want to say is this. We need to make it a daily practice of walking with the Lord. Look back with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and look at verse number, number 16. And if, we, and if we can, let's read this verse out loud together. Ready? For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What an important verse for for a Christian. To know that the inward man is renewed every single day. Because the outward man does perish. And we we do go through difficult times and we do question why does God allow certain things to come into our life. And we need to make it a daily practice of walking with the Lord. You know, the most important book in your life ought to be the Word of God. And, there, and there's no other book that's more important than God's Word. And it ought to, it ought to be an, have an important place in your life, in your home. There, there ought to be something very special about your Bible. And we ought to, we ought to understand the, the importance of daily walking with the Lord. Paul understood the importance of having a relationship with God. And if I could say this, that trials in our life should draw us closer to God, not cause us to to drift away from him. And it's very discouraging and very sad to to know that there are people, when they go through a difficult time, one of the first things they do is they're not as faithful to church. They're not as faithful to their Bible. They're not as faithful to their prayer life. They're not as faithful to soul winning. And, And it just seems like in a time that we ought to draw closer to God, is during our trials and our challenges and the difficulties that we face. How are we going to endure to the end? How are we going to finish strong? We need to make it a practice to walk with the Lord. And by the way, walking with, walking with the Lord and walking with God, and, and, and basically it's just having a time where you read the Bible and you pray, it's, it's for everybody in this room. Every, every child, every teenager, every young person. One of the things my wife and I did when we, when we were raising our children when they were young is, is we, would, we would help them set aside time for their Bible and for prayer. And before they went to school, they, they were given instructions to spend a little bit of time reading their Bible and spend some time in prayer before you 
go to school for the day. And, 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 and I don't know how much they got out of their Bible. I don't know how much they, they gained from that. But I do know this. It, it did help them to have a practice of reading their Bible and spending time with the Lord. And how we need to have that in our life. The third thing, I said, number one, we need to know that all trials have a purpose. Number two, we need to make it a daily practice of walking with the Lord. We're talking about enduring to the end. The third thing we need to do is we need to have God's perspective. God's perspective. Look with me again at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse number 17, the Bible says, and look, look at it with me if you would. It says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment. You know, it's interesting that God calls our affliction light. Now, we, we think it's heavy. And it's almost insulting that God would call my affliction light. Because I want to say, God, no, 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 you don't understand. My, my affliction is heavy. This is, this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. But yet God says it's a light affliction. Why? Because it's only for a moment. And it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And look at verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Having God's perspective, understanding that we need to focus our our attention on what really matters. Let me read for you Colossians. You can turn, turn there if you'd like. Colossians chapter number 3. The Bible says this in verse number 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Verse 2, it says this, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You know, eternal rewards are more important than earthly possessions. And when we have God's perspective about what's really important in life, boy, it kind of changes how we look at our trials kind of changes how we view the, the, the challenging times that we go through in life. When we understand that God has eternal purpose, we focus our attention on things that really count and really matter, because what really matters is things that are eternal, not things that are temporal. Things like winning souls, that's eternal. That's eternal, that's going to last forever people that you, you won to Christ, people that you gave them a track, people that you, you helped influence to, to know the gospel, discipling converts, bringing people to church, having a good testimony, loving people, driving a bus. Thank God for our bus drivers. Driving a bus. Can I say that again? Driving a bus. Thank God for our bus drivers. Thank you, thank you for driving a bus today. Thank you for bringing 50, 60 people from our local area, from Chicago, to bring them to church so they could hear the word of God preached, so they could be saved, so they could have their life transformed and changed by the, by the word of God. You, you know, that work is eternal work. And we need to have God's perspective and understand that eternal rewards are more important than earthly possessions. 
The last thing I would say is this, and we'll close. I said, number one, we need to know that all trials have a purpose. We need to make it a daily practice of walking with the Lord. We need to have God's perspective. And then the last thing is we need to keep our eyes on the prize. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And can I tell you tonight that there is a prize for enduring to the end. There is a prize for finishing strong. And that prize is twofold. It's, a, it's, a, it's an earthly heaven, I'm sorry, it's a heavenly re- re- reward. And to, and to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that what we want to hear when we see Jesus? To be able to say, Lord, I, I, I endured some, some difficult times. I went through some, some hard times in my life, but, but I finished strong. I finished to the end. I, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I, have, I kept the faith. And to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's a heavenly reward. And I think when we hear God say that, we'll look back on our life and realize that, you know, those trials and those difficulties we went through, the sad times, the uh, the hurt times, they really, really weren't that difficult compared to the words that I'm hearing God say to me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But not just heavenly reward, but there's also earthly reward. John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And I think there's earthly reward. There's, there's reward that we can see today. You see, I think this, I think everyone needs to have spiritual children. People that you have won to Christ. People that you are discipling. People that you are helping grow in the Lord. People that you are helping be in church on Sunday. I remember the very first visitor I ever brought to church. I was a freshman in college. I was, I was 17 years old and I brought a 15-year-old to church. Almost 40 years ago, 39 years ago, last, last month, his name was Jose Oeda. The Tom Herzl remembers, remembers Jose, and Darren Richard remembers Jose, and a couple others in the room. But Jose was a, was a challenge, to say the least. He was Puerto Rican. Enough said. Because <laughs> you all know Brother Ricky Torres is Puerto Rican as well. And he remembers Jose. Brother Ricky remembers Jose. But Jose was, he was a challenge, man. He was, he was, uh, he, we, I'd bring him to night church and, or the, I'm sorry, we, <laughs> the evening service. And we would sit in church and, and I would, I would just fight to keep him, to keep him from, from behaving himself. Remember, he lived on the same block as Brother Carlos Rodriguez did, 800, 800 block of Maplewood. And, and uh, man, he was a battle. And I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking, I'm two years older than you, man. Why can't you just behave in church, you know? And I'm like just trying to get him to behave and, and not act a fool. And, and, uh, but I loved Jose. I loved that kid. And it took a while, but Jose began to grow. And uh, I remember the day when, when he made a decision at a, at, a, at a youth meeting we had to go to City Baptist School. And I'll never forget when he went forward and said, I want to go to City Baptist. I thought, you know, as his bus captain, 
I'm going to do everything I can to get that boy in City Baptist. It was in January. He only had one semester left of, of high school. He's a senior. And I remember raising enough money that, that year to just pay off his whole bill. I didn't want to have to deal with it every month. And so I just raised the whole thing, and we paid his whole bill. And he went to City Baptist that year and graduated from City Baptist. And, uh, and for a while, I thought, you know, he, matter of fact, he almost went to House Anderson. It, it, we came real close to getting him to go to House Anderson. And, and, but I love that kid. And, you know, I, I hope, I hope that never gets old. I hope it never gets old. I remember, I remember knocking on Osmond Gutierrez's door. Osmond was 15 years old when I met him, or 17, I think, and bringing him to church and watching him grow and and uh, just having a small part, just a small influence in his life, and now for many years serving as a missionary in Honduras. His, his sons are here in college. Gerson's on the front row, sleeping on the front row right here, and, and uh, working in the bus ministry. And, and, uh, and you know, what a, what a joy. Next, next month, Brother Nathan Maynard and a couple of us, Chip, Chip Faulkner and Brother Steve Herman, are going to go to Honduras and help him with a project that he's working on. And and you know what a blessing to have spiritual children. And what a reward to know, to think that you had a little part in that. And there is a reward for serving Jesus. I remember we have a young man in our college this year who five years ago I, I had the privilege of sitting in their home and leading him and his sister to Christ. And then watching them go to City Baptist and watching them grow in the Lord and about three or four weeks ago, their dad came to church. He got saved. And we, just this week, I, I started discipleship with, with their father up in their home. And, and there's just nothing greater. What a great re- reward that is. And, and if you're not investing in somebody, you're missing out. And, and if you're not reaching out and, and, and doing what you can to help somebody come to church or help somebody know the Lord or help somebody be discipled, you know, when you, when you involve your, yourself into somebody else's life, it just, it just seems to make all the things that you're going through seem so small. We keep our eyes on the prize. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought a good fight. It was a fight. It wasn't easy. And isn't, isn't that the way the Christian life is sometimes? It's a fight. But he said this, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In other words, Paul said this, I finished strong. I finished strong. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Was there persecutions along the way? Were there afflictions on the way? The Bible says he was stoned. He was cold. He went without food. People were trying to kill him, take his life. Was it hard? Was it difficult? Absolutely. But he stayed strong to the end. And even through difficult times, I, I, I think this, we can stay strong till the end. I think tonight we need to ask God to help us finish strong. Don't you want to finish strong? Can I say to all the, all the parents in this room tonight, finish strong for your kids. Say all the grandparents tonight, finish strong for your kids and your grandkids. Because they're watching. They're watching, and we need to finish strong for that next generation of young people who are coming on the scene, and they need to see those who, sure, it's not always easy, 
As a church, we've gone through some, some rough waters. But I believe this, God is pleased when we stick with it. and We don't quit. We decide we're going to finish strong. Let's pray. Father.